Well, good morning again to each one. I feel better this morning than I think I did yesterday morning. I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> A huge problem that we have is that we sing 270, but we don't live it. And that's some of what I'd like to talk about this morning. We sang, take the world, but give me Jesus. A wonderful thing to sing. <clears throat> A whole lot harder thing to live. And as I have pondered, been asked to ponder, why do some stay faithful and some not? I guess one of my burdens this morning would be that some, most sing this song and some live it and some don't. Take the world, but give me Jesus. I believe my perspective, and it's very limited, but one of the greatest challenges that Jesus left to the church Open your Bibles to John 17. A perusal of church history or a deep study of church history down through the ages, I think, brings this out that one of the massive struggles for the church Jesus gave us here. And we could read a whole bunch of John chapter 17. <clears throat> We're just going to jump into a few verses in the middle. Chapter 17, verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through the tr thy truth. Thy word is truth. Verse 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Our Lord Jesus is passing off the scene and he knows it. I'm leaving. I am going out of the world, disciples, but I want you to stay in the world. And I know we have many times probably scratched our heads and pondered, so Lord, you left, but you left us here. If somehow, when we get born again, and the Spirit of God fills us, if He would just whisp us off to heaven, and we wouldn't have to live in this mess of a world, and go through these trials and these difficulties that we don't understand, we could, then we wouldn't lose faith. But Jesus said, I'm leaving. Disciples, <clears throat> stay in the world. Stay there. But don't be of the world. Stay holy. I want you to stay down in the pig pen, so to speak. The earth is a mess. It isn't what Jesus, what God intended when he created it as a whole. But he said, I want you to stay there. But you are to stay holy, separate from the pig pen's mess, and not only stay separate from the mess, but draw others from the mess to holiness. 
without you getting messed. One of the greatest challenges from my perspective is that the, wor- that the church influences the world without the world influencing the church. A huge wrestle for the church if you go down through church history or if I even look at my own short little life and most of you can even probably see it also. Earnest hearted people <clears throat> earnestly saying take the world uh, take, you take the world and give me Jesus but somehow the influences of the world encroach upon our lives so easily. <clears throat> That's what I'd like to talk about this morning. Staying faithful. The title of this morning is Staying Faithful and Influence. Staying Faithful and Influence. One day a farmer grabbed his shotgun to shoot at a flock of pesky crows. Unfortunately, he didn't see his sociable parrot that had joined the crows. After firing a few shots... He walked over to the fallen birds and was surprised to find his parrot badly ruffled with a broken wing. When the farmer's children saw the injured bird, they asked, Dad, what happened? The farmer simply replied, bad company. Bad company. Staying faithful and influence. Is it possible to influence the world without the world influencing us? Is that not the call of the church? Bad influence was what messed up the parrot. Let's open our Bibles to, I guess they are open, to Proverbs chapter 13. A couple of verses here as we ponder this thing of influence. And then I'd like to... Draw a little chart here on the whiteboard and help us to ponder our own lives and what this means for us practically. Staying faithful and influence. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be what? Wise. He that walketh with wise men shall be what? Again, I can't hear you very well. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Why? He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Why? Is it not this one little word we're looking at today? Influence. Influence. So there's something I pick up in this verse that is not only on the negative side that's discouraging, but it's also on the encouraging side that encourages me. What do you want? Choose who you want to be like and walk with them. Note who you don't want to be like and don't walk with them. It's that simple, is it not? He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools destroyed. So we can look at it from the negative side and say, well, if you're choosing these kind of companions, you'll be destroyed. You'll end up in a mess. 
But the exciting thing is if you choose other companions, wise, I get to be wise. <clears throat> Another verse, 1 Corinthians 15.33 A very simple truth, and yet sometimes I think some of the most simple truths are some of the hardest to deal with. 1533, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived, if a wise man begins walking with fools, he won't Stay wise. Don't fool yourself. Paul is telling, telling the Corinthians. Don't fool yourself. If a wise man makes wrong choices and begins walking with fools, he will not continue to be a wise man. <clears throat> Again, I find this exciting in one sense. Because it gives us direction. It gives us hope. And I want us to draw a little graph and look at our own lives and say, All right, Lord. What is happening to me? What is influencing me? What am I allowing to influence me? And that will show where I'll be and where I'll go. <clears throat> Excuse me for jumping around, but jump to Matthew 13 again. Or not again, I guess, but we're jumping to another verse here. Matthew chapter 13. We have a few parables that Jesus told us. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Matthew 13, 3. And when he sowed, but uh, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seed, fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. The sower is out there sowing. And seeds are going different places. Some fell among, upon stony places where there was, had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun influence was upon them they didn't have deepness of earth they withered away they had no root and so they were scorched and withered away influence came upon this wheat there's a lot of wheat here this morning and I'm glad for that I'm glad I get to be some wheat with you but a sun is going to shine and scorch we need deepness of earth. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Again, it's the same principle. Truth, right heart, right direction, right decisions, and a thorn. And another thorn. And another thorn. Or in another place, it's the sun. And slowly, slowly, this thorn gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if I am a wheat in the midst of a bunch of thorns, and the thorns continue to grow, I'll die. If I grow and the sun continues to beat, and I don't have deepness of root, I'll die. Influence happens from these thorns slowly, <clears throat> slowly growing up around me. Influence happens from a sun that beats down upon me. 
Slowly, slowly, things change. Verse 24, still in chapter 13. Same principle. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Father, why, I could ask, why didn't you root the tares out? They came and said, you need to take out these tares. And he said, no, just leave them there. Leave them in the midst of the world. Leave them in the midst of the pig pen. Leave them in the midst of the mess. Leave them in the midst of the tares. Leave the tares there. But Father, keep them wheat. Was Jesus' prayer. Keep them wheat. Proverbs 27, I'll just quote this here. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Okay, now that's on the good side of influence. We've bounced back and forth from good and bad, but you get the concept. Influence worketh both ways. Iron sharpeneth iron. Let's sit down. Well, I have some of these thoughts. Well, my perspective would be this. Well, I feel you need to this. Well, and if we can do it in a loving way, iron sharpens iron. And it gets sharper. My son has a knife that is getting dull, and we don't have a whetstone. And so it keeps getting duller and duller, and he wishes I would come up with a whetstone, or he could come up with one somewhere, because his knife is dull. What needs to happen on that iron is there needs to be some friction. There needs to be difficulty happen upon that iron. Remember yesterday? There needs to be difficulty, roughness. And as roughness and bumps and difficulty of there, it sharpens it. And that's what we have here. Iron sharpeneth iron. So influence can happen in a good way. You've all probably heard the quote, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Or show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you will be, depending on where you're at. And I'll show you what your future is. I want us to realize God made us influenceable creatures. We're supposed to be. If we weren't influenceable creatures, we'd all be so independent that we would have an extremely hard time getting along. If I'm not influenced by you and you're not influenced by me, and God made us influenceable creatures, and that's on purpose and it's good. But the call is we must guard what the influences are in our life and guide those influences. What and who you surround yourself with is what and who you will become. And I would like to say this. I feel like I have seen in myself and in others that we're not as spiritual as we think we are. The concept is very easily, if I walk with God, and I'm hearing from God, and God ha- and I, there's a relationship, a personal relationship we heard some yesterday about, that's beautiful and wonderful, but the bottom line is we're not as spiritual as we think we are. I have watched it so many times, only in my short little life. Dear friends of mine that I'm thinking of one dear Young man who I wept on my knees with as burdens were on our hearts for God and for the kingdom of God. And we had beautiful times of weeping together. Another one comes to my mind at a Bible school back in the prayer rooms. 
weeping for the other young men in our uh, prayer groups and to see God work and to change lives. And there we are on our knees weeping and praying. And today I do not want to be where he is. Lord, why? We're influenceable creatures and we're not as spiritual as we think we are. We're not as strong as we think we are. But I I want to bring both sides in here consistently. We're not as strong and as spiritual as we think we are, but that's in a sense a good thing. That means you can influence me and I can influence you and church can happen. So do you see how it in one sense is a wonderful good thing On the other hand, that same strength is a terrible weakness at times if it's not used properly. Influence. Raise your hand if you can't see the majority of this board. Okay, I was afraid of that. Let me uh, see if I can move this forward here without making it fall to the ground. Did that fix the majority of you? Okay. That's me. And that's you. And I feel like relationships in our life are like, are we're allowing influence into our life. And so, we... Have a relationship with God. And what we're doing when we have a relationship with God in my illustration here is we have a rope. And this rope is tied to God. And we want God to take his influence and pull us around and guide us. I love the verse that the Apostle Paul used when he said... um, The love of Christ constraineth me. That's the picture I get. The love of God had a rope around the heart and life of the Apostle Paul and just pulled him here and pulled him there and pulled him there. What next, Father? Yank over here. What next, Lord? Yank over here. It just constrained him. And that's what happens when we have a relationship. It becomes a rope. God put parents into our life. I spelled that wrong, didn't I? Isn't that P-A? Parents. P-A-R-E-N-T-S. That was right, right? Okay. Somebody help me here. I'm not a wonderful speller, but I double question myself when I have 130 people looking at me. So don't be afraid to tell me. What happens then with our parents is we give them another rope. We don't give it. It's automatically there. God puts a rope on that one. We give them, or they have a rope of our life, and they're influencing and they're pulling. Pulling, pulling. And I'm so thankful I had godly parents, and these two ropes pulled the same way for me. And so influence happened, and influence happened. But as we get older, when we're younger, we don't as much, but as we get older, and we begin handing out ropes to other people, peers, And we hand them ropes. 
And we come to a Bible school, and we meet another young man, and we think, I, I, we just enjoy him, and we appreciate him. And somehow his interests and my interests, interests connect, and I hand him a rope. I go back home, but there's still a rope that has happened between me and him, between me and her. There's still a rope, and we've handed them a rope. And maybe throughout the year there's relationship, there's a connection back and forth a little bit. Maybe there's not, and yet there's just a memory of communication, and there's a rope. And we meet him next year, and sometimes that rope gets a little bit stronger as we meet again. And we relate again, and we talk again, and we handed them a rope. Or we are in our own church, at home. And there are relationships we have, and we hand people ropes. Here, take this rope and influence me. And I want us to realize it's not just our own personal choice. It's not a matter of I'm going to be around you all. I'm going to be among this church, but I'm not going to hand out any ropes. It doesn't work like that. There is influence happening. You come to a place like this, and for a week here... There's a lot of different influence that's happening. Excuse me just a minute. (coughs) We hand out ropes to people. And we're saying, here, pull me. Remember influence? He that walketh with wise men, hand a whole bunch of wise men ropes. And guess what will happen? They'll pull you toward wisdom. Hand a whole bunch of fools ropes. And guess what happens? They pull you towards foolishness, destruction. So we have peers. There are other people that we hand ropes to. Authorities. They hold ropes in our lives. Yes, in the home, in church. Even job authorities. There are authorities in our lives... And we hand them ropes and say, here, influence me. You pull which way you think I should go. You pull about the things in life that are important to you. Pull. What happens is those things will be influenced in me. And I'll slowly think those things are important also. You pull on what you would like me to do today or tomorrow. And what happens is we're handing out ropes of influence. And they continue to pull us. We have, and I know that some of these overlap, we have heroes that we hand ropes to. Sometimes we don't even know them well, but just in our mind we know of someone, or we've met someone, or we've read a book from someone, or we've heard a message from someone, or we've heard a song from someone, and there's influence that happens and I'm appreciating very much what Brother Harold is sharing with us about music. It's A rope that we hand to people. Here, influence me. You take songs, you take words and songs, you take lyrics, you take music, you take rhythm, you take all these things. Here, influence me. And you hand a rope to someone on a CD. Or I guess maybe that's even old now. On just digitally. And you hand them a rope and say, here, influence me. Influence the way I think about Christianity. Influence the way I view other people. 
influence the way I view life. And so we hand out ropes to these people, to these heroes. And we say, here, influence us. I'm sure we could keep going here. I'm going to draw just a couple from you. I realize I've done some fairly broad, and we're going to go on and do it a little differently here. I'm going to erase this and do it differently. But give me a couple more. What comes to your mind? You raise your hand and give me a thought. Give us a thought to chew on. Where do we hand ropes? Who are some people that we hand ropes to? Someone throw out another thought. If you're whispering it, maybe you should tell me. Over here. I'd say older young men. Older young men. Excellent. Older and uh, young men, young ladies. Older peers. Does that work? Just, Just a little older than you? That's wonderful. Older peers. It's common for us not to look so much at the 70-year-old when you're this age and say, I want to be like that. But to look at someone just a few years ahead. <clears throat> there's some okay in that. But there's some weakness in that. They're just not as wise as the 70-year-olds. And he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Good. Another one. Good. Siblings. Ropes, ropes. You had your hand up. Normal Americans. Normal Americans. Thank you. Normal Americans. What do you mean by that? Want to give me? I I have some opinions myself. But where was your mind going? Middle class Americans. Good. We're influenced by who is around us. Majorly. And when the world around us sees something as very, very important, we're throwing your life into, it's a rope that's pulling on us. And it influences us. The American dream. Good. Someone else? Yes. Coworkers. Coworkers. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Another hand. Technology. Technology. I had another hand, I think. Just a minute. Wasn't there one in the back here? Okay, maybe I missed it. Yes? Characters we read about in books. Okay, what we're doing is we're overlapping some of my thoughts I had to put on another graph. Because what I did on the first, my first thought was, what I did on the first picture here was we put people and people relationships But I wanted to broaden and realize that it's more than just face-to-face people. It's also books. It's also, um, if we're going to go that broad, let's keep going. I had mentioned uh, music, and I should have divided these out. I thought I was going to do two different different graphs, but that's okay. Good. Someone else? Doctors. Doctors. Yep, that's true. Doctors. Okay, that's enough. We could keep going and going, I think. And I'm actually going to give you opportunity um, to make your own chart here, real personally to you. But what happens is, through life, we're handing out all sorts of ropes. 
And thus we have ropes all around us. And they pull. And this one pulls this way. And this one pulls this way. And this one pulls this way. And if all of them pull the same direction, do you know who we become? That direction. That's, uh, it's about that simple. We are influenceable creatures. The problem is, when Jesus said, stay in the world, but don't be of the world, that meant we aren't going to have them pulling all the same direction. It will not be. As a father, one of my desires is to have as many and as strong of a pull in the right direction for my children and to minimize the other influences. But I can't cut them off. It's just impossible. We were left in the world. So do you see this picture? To me, this helped give me a picture as we hand out ropes to people and books and songs and settings and concepts. And we're handing out ropes and we're saying, here, influence me. Here, influence me. Here, influence me. Pull. That's what we're saying. And sometimes I have a friend over here. And I have a friend over here. And pulls me in two different directions. Sometimes I listen to a song over here. And I listen to a song over here. And they're pulling in two different directions. The question is, which one, which side pulls harder? And I also pondered this. I put... God's influence on my life as one of the many. And I pondered that. Even asked some others about it. Their thoughts and input. We tend to think, this is what I think we tend to think. That this right here is this massive, massive uh, 20 ton chain or strap. And if I keep that connected... That'll pull me and drag me along even if many of these aren't in the right way. And what I've come to the conclusion is, is that's not true. It's not true. We are not as spiritual as we think we are. We don't have as big of a chain in only one direction as we think we do. And this may not sound very spiritual... And you know what? Maybe it's not, but it's real. It's very, very real. Go over to Hebrews. We're going to look at a few verses in Hebrews in light of influence here. I left my notes behind, and thus I left a point I wanted to make behind. I'm going to put another one out here that I feel is has come into the 21st century fairly majorly. And most of you may know what I'm going to say. It's called social media. And when I say social media, I don't just mean Facebook. Um, what are the three big and bad? Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram? Okay, maybe there's more. I, I know there's lots more. 
I'll be real blunt with you. Um, I hope there's not a one of you in here very much at all involved in any of those three biggies. Okay? I have strong opinions about that. I feel like this is what happens. I want you to picture with me if I can use this illustration. In a home, and I've, I've seen these things happen. We have dad and mom and brother and sister. Excuse my short term lingo there, but that's who's sitting in the living room. And in the past, dad and mom and brother and sister sat in the evening by candlelight and they communicated. And do you know what they were doing? Tying ropes. It's making dad think like mom. Mom think like brother and brother think like sister. And they tied ropes. They all had influences from the day. And so then in the evening, as they discuss and talk and communicate, and it's around the table, they communicate and ropes get tied to each other. And they process, you know, the the father processes what happened in his day with the family. And so everyone processes and begins processing more similarly. The mother comes from her day's influences and she comes, talks about some of them and they process their their day and her day through each other's eyes and they all see things similarly. Brother, sister, same thing. Now, if we sit in the living room, broad daylight at 9 o'clock with lights on, and if each one has their gadget, what's happening is brother has 20 strings out here that he's communicating with. And he's processing life with these 20 strings and with father and with mother. Okay? 20 strings and he's processing life. That's what he's doing. He's being influenced. Sister sits over here with her 20 strings and she's processing life and being influenced. And we have the father and the mother and they're doing the same thing. Reading whatever they're reading or communicating and they're processing life and perspectives on it, from their, and their 20 strings are influencing them. Now, why don't dad, mom, brother, and sister all think alike? Why don't they all think alike? They've handed out influence to a whole bunch of different places, and it's not the same. And a father can't figure out why his children don't think like him, And the children can't think, why is father so whatever? It's a mess. We have allowed influence to encroach upon us that pulls us in different directions. Now magnify that and have a brother's meeting of 20 different brothers sitting around. And if each 20 different brother has his own 20 different ropes and then they all come together, you're trying to pull 20 times 20, whatever that is. And you're trying to pull this kind of a mind all together. It's difficult. I think we need to be more careful where we put our ropes. We're not as spiritual as we think we are. We're influenceable creatures. The argument goes, there's some people using... uh, Social media to influence the world in a good way. And I'm not going to argue against that. What I am going to argue is that's an extremely minuscule aspect of it. And to be really blunt, I don't think most of us 
all of us young people are in a place that have strong enough ties and chains to where they should be that it's our place at this time to start throwing out ropes and trying to pull people our way. Not yet. Just don't do it. It doesn't work out so, so, so many times. We're not as spiritual as we think we are. Staying faithful and influence. Okay, I wanted to broaden this term. I used three names. I believe social media, though, is happening. It's, It's one of those gray. It goes from black to white. And there's every notch in between. And if there's not, there soon will be. Wait a few days. So it's not like, well, that's evil and this is good. There's a, there's a gradient the whole way down. And that's what mixes us up sometimes. And so WhatsApp and texting and emailing. I want you to remember, every time you send a text, every time you receive a WhatsApp, what you have done is you've handed a rope to those people. Pull. Influence me. That's what you said. Influence the way I think about Jesus. Influence the way I think about life. Influence the decisions that I'm going to make. Here, I want you to do it. You do it too. You do it too. That's what we're doing. And if you're sending ropes all across the vast spectrum of humanity... I see it's very, very dangerous for you. And I'm not sure you'll stay faithful. Is that too strong? Thank you. I got a couple of agreements from the back rows. Even if you all didn't. I know some of you do, so I don't mean to be negative. It's important! I think this truth is powerful. You... And I trust your authorities are help guiding you in this, but are choosing who and what you will be by the ropes that you hand out day after day after day after day. Hebrews chapter 10. I wanted to go to Hebrews. Maybe I'll be real practical about the social media thing. A lot of people laugh at me. I'm okay with that. I'm trying to be careful with my ropes on myself and my children. You know what I'm saying? Oh, come on. It doesn't make sense. Everybody else has them. All these things. I know, but I see lots and lots of people handing out ropes where they shouldn't be handing them out. And this helps me and my wife and my children, from my perspective, limit where the ropes go. Sure, WhatsApp and texting and all those things are very helpful. At times, they can be used here and there. But sometimes, it's so hard to know how to limit those ropes. Do you just ignore someone when they send you a WhatsApp connection? And you say, not sure I should really keep that connection. You just ignore them? I mean, it's just on and on. The gradient is huge. Okay, you all don't have to do this. Okay, I'm making a practical choice in my life because I want to be careful with ropes in my life, my wife's life, and my children's lives. 
Am I making the right one? Again, I'm not trying to push, you, push that on you. That's a practical application that I am making in my life because I believe this principle and I believe that we're not as spiritual as we think we are. <clears throat> okay, so again, your church and your authorities don't, don't feel bound by mine. You be bound and influenced by them. I'm just being one little rope, I guess. I'm going to tug my way a little bit. <clears throat> We're trying to get to Hebrews. Chapter 10. Verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Consider one another. Brother, hold this rope. Would you pull? Pull. I appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your life. Here. Provoke me. And brother, if I can, I'm going to provoke you. I guess I just was, right? I was trying. I want to provoke you to think. To process, provoke one another to love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the handing out ropes to my local brothers and sisters. Don't forsake that. If you've chosen to be at your local location or your parents or your authorities, whatever, and you are there, don't stop handing out ropes to those people. And I realize I'm giving a principle. You all have to apply it to your life and situation. And there's a myriad of different lives and situations here. Depending on time, we'll talk about, too, guiding how we hand out ropes here a little bit. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. As the day approaching, the Hebrew writer is making clear here, you need to be even more careful. And I feel today is a day and age when we need to be even more careful where the ropes of influence are handed. If we think wisdom and godliness are gotten from the rope of God and His Word only, we're missing a huge part of God's ordained path to wisdom. It's God-ordained. It's not second-rate. It's God-ordained. Don't forsake getting together with the people who are going to pull you where you should go. How do we decide what ropes should influence us and what shouldn't? How do we decide which direction to hand the strong ones? I'm going to look at just four different things. Since we're here in Hebrews, let's jump to number one. Number one, points in choosing our influences. Points in choosing our rope holders. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence To the full assurance of hope unto the end that ye be not slothful, but followers of men. Did you see that? Did you know we're supposed to follow men? Think we get the concept too often. Let's not follow men. We're following God. And God says, follow men. Now I realize I might be treading on dangerous ground with some of you. But this is what the Bible says. Follow them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. Look and see. Brother Harold, he's inherited some promises. I see godliness coming out of his life. And so he's inherited some promises. So I want to hand him a rope. 
Paul. Paul, Brother Harold, what do you think? What's your perspective on this? How do I relate to this issue and this situation? Here, Brother Harold, Paul. Follow him. Take a rope, hand it to him, and say, Paul! So number one, choose your influences by, number one, watching the fruit. Who through faith and patience have inherited promises. Oh yes, I've watched him through faith and patience, perseverance, pressing on. And I watched his life and fruits flowing out of it. There's godliness coming. Fruit is flowing. I'm going to hand him a rope. I'm going to hand him a rope. Watch the fruit. And hand people with beautiful fruit a rope. And say, pull me. Hebrews 13, 7, number 2. <clears throat> Remember them. Hebrews 13, verse 7. Point number 2 is follow authorities. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. The fruit comes in here too. But here it also mentions those who have the rule over you. Number two, hand ropes to your authorities and do it purposefully, earnestly. Those over you, follow them. God has put them there on purpose. This one here, and again, I want to give credit to my parents tremendously. They have been a major influence in my life, and I'm so, so thankful. Without it, I'd be a mess. Because I know I'm not as spiritual as I think I am. And I've even been able to watch my past 20-some years of seeking to follow my Lord. And without them saying, "Um, no, Mick, Paul, Uh, no, Paul. I had good intentions and good fervent desires about a lot of things. I really did. But I needed them to say, "Uh, no, not there. And they pulled Uh, No, not there. And they pulled. Yeah, go there. Follow authorities. Number three. Okay, I mentioned parents there. I I jumped ahead of myself because that's the next one. But number two here was authorities. Church authorities. Government authorities. Listen to them. When they don't go against God, we listen to them. Do it. Hand them ropes to the extent that they should. I'm not going to delve into that. You know those principles. Number three, let's jump back to Proverbs chapter one, and you know where this is going. Listen, uh, hand ropes to parents, and I realize sometimes we have conflicts, church authorities, people with fruit, parents, and I'm not here to tell you how to balance all those things. In a beautiful, right relationship, all those things pull the same way. I know there are some wrestles there. But you meditate on these. They're principles in the word for us. Proverbs 1. Sorry, I'm not there yet. Verses 8 and 9. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. My son, hand your father a rope. 
And when your mother tugs on the rope that she holds, don't forsake it. Follow those rope pulls. And I have a list of, who knows, maybe 20 some scriptures here in my Bible that I reference from right in Proverbs. Uh, more like 30 probably, verse 8, and I have them all written down there, and there's piles of them, and you know that. Um, one more, though, I guess, along that line is 7, 1 through 5. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law, and my law as the apple of thine eye, and bind them about thy fingers. Here we're getting into ropes. Write them upon the table of thine heart, and say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister. And call understanding thy kinsmen, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flat earth with her words, and on and on. And he gives us an illustration as he goes on. Let your parents hold some ropes in your life. I mentioned a little bit, but let's go to one more here in Proverbs 23, verse 7. Number four, guiding where we give ropes, points at choosing our influences. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Here we have influence happening, and sometimes it happens right in here. As a man thinketh, so is he. Guard where your mind is going. And if you know there are influences that are pulling you this direction, point number four here was guard your thoughts, guard your mind. If you know what your mind likes to go here or likes to go there, sit back and meditate. Where is that influence coming from? And see if you can get rid of, cut some ropes if it's going to the wrong place. And strengthen some ropes where it's going to the right place. I mentioned earlier, I bless my parents so, so much for what they have done for me Uh, years ago. I was very influenced by my peers, and I didn't realize how much I was. <clears throat> and they made a decision. I'm not sure they even knew how much the decision was for my good until later. And they began, um, they took me out of a school and, and homeschooled me. And I'm, not, I'm definitely not against a uh, church school, but I think it was very, very good for me at my place and my time and my situation. It's something that happened to me that I didn't like at first. Talk to another young man um, just yesterday, I think it was, yeah. <clears throat> and after having moved, his parents moved to a location and it separated him from some of his friends. And I asked, so how was it for you? And he said, um, it was hard. It was very hard. But he said, in the end, it's been good. It's been good for me. That also happened to me. I got taken couple thousand miles away from the people that I knew. And we moved also from Ohio to Idaho. And what happened was a whole bunch of these ropes that weren't real profitable got chopped. They got cut and so they quit pulling. Now if we just chop ropes and we don't find places to put other ropes, that doesn't work either. Mankind is made for relationships and influence. And so I'm very thankful they also put lots of energy into me at becoming ropes that, I, that they could pull in my life too. They put a lot of energy into that. 
Bible schools were a big influence on me. And I'm thankful that I connected with other right-roped people. Bible schools can also be a detriment and when you connect with wrong people who are going to pull ropes the wrong way. Be careful. I began to, because I lost some of my friends, and many of you have heard me say this, I began to make friends in books. And when one of your friends spends a half a night in prayer each week, it influences you. And when one of your friends sticks a scripture verse in his pocket every day and seeks to memorize it, it influences you. And when one of your friends weeps and weeps for the souls of men and lays down opportunity of big business and money and the American dream and whatever, and you see them doing it because there's an open door for them to influence the kingdom of God eternally, it influences me. And it influenced me. And it formed me by some friends I met in books. Music is the same thing. I'm going to leave that to Brother Harold. It's handing ropes to people. Oh, well, this song's good, but yeah, the singer has some issues, but this song's good. and You're handing them ropes. Be careful. <clears throat> I would like you. Uh, maybe I'll make just a couple more small little applications. I'm trying to decide what to say here. Just to stimulate your minds. Because I want you to draw a graph of yourself. If you don't have a pen or a paper, get one. Ask someone beside you. I really would like you to do this. I'm sorry. Um, many times if I ask homework to be done, it doesn't get done very well. So I'm going to have you do it right here and now. Okay? Because I want you to do this. So you be getting some pens and papers while I uh, make sure everyone has one. Help the person beside you if you can. If we don't have enough pens, maybe you draw a little bit quick and then hand it to him. And In my life, there were times when I felt God was touching me and saying, Mick, you need to cut off one of these ropes. You need to cut off the carnal desires of enjoying taking a four-wheeler spin up in the mountains. Wasn't wild. I wasn't, didn't have a wild heart. I didn't have a wild desire to go and um, go be wild and reckless and ridiculous. And this is wonderful. Thank you for offering the pins, but I'm glad that not many need them. Hopefully that means you have them. And I need to cut some of those things off. There was some music that I just wasn't comfortable with. And I... And it wasn't actually my authorities always, but I went a, I decided, you know what, it has a little more beat and rhythm than I was comfortable with. And so I set it aside and I felt like God was trimming away at influences in me from wasted time and personal appearance. And, you know, I I thought this, I think my father last night mentioned a thing, you think this just looks just a little bit nicer, whatever you have on a certain dress or a certain shirt or a certain... Shoes and I remember, I remember wanting to make sure that when I walked somewhere, my pants stayed behind the tongue of my shoes. And you laugh and think it's funny. That's normal. I'm going to guess you've dealt with things like that. Probably not tongue, uh, pants behind the tongue of your shoe. I know those thoughts. Driving down the road, uh, putting my arm out the window in the summer so that it would get more of a tan. But then thinking, well, then my left is going to be more tan than my right. You laugh. You ever had those kind of things? It's carnal. Look at it and say, 
I want to cut that off. Lord, and you make a choice to put forth effort to, to curb. This is in the mind and the heart. Okay. Back to these influences. I want you to make a chart of yourself. Draw a stick man. Okay? Don't feel foolish. I didn't feel foolish when I did it, so you don't do it when you do it. Draw yourself, and if you're an artist, you can draw a nicer person, but don't spend time on that. Put a stick man in the middle. Then rather than writing parents up here, I want you to write the name of your father and the name of your mother. Rather than just saying technology and social media and whatever, maybe there's a particular WhatsApp group or there's a particular I don't know what that you enjoy. Or there's some friends, and I know you're not going to get everything on here, but I want you to pick out some highlights in your life. You can have some heading type things, and you can have some specific, particular, like I mentioned, you know, a WhatsApp group type thing. Put some of those around there and draw ropes back to yourself. Just do that right now. I'm going to give you some quiet here, but do that. Sit there and think, all right, what holds ropes in my life? Who holds ropes in my life? Where? Are the pulls and influences? What do you dream of? What's something you love to do? A person you love to be with? A thing you love to talk about? All these things are influences. They're pulls that are influencing you. Jot some of these things down. And you can expand on this later, but I want you to just put at least a little effort into it now. What and who are major influences in your life? And even maybe some that you think are a little minor. If you need to, that's fine. You can use some of the things up here if you need to to stimulate your thoughts on the whiteboard. Okay, now I want you to give them a rating of 1 to 10. 10 is a very powerful rope, and 1 is a weak rope. Put a little number beside it. 10 is a very powerful rope. 1 is a weak rope. Where in the middle? What? You might have some 1s, you might have some 10s, but probably most will be more in the middle. And don't make them all 5s, because that's not right.
you know what you're doing right now? You're discipling yourself. You're evaluating who I am, where I'm going. And now then my third thing you're supposed to do, and I realize I'm probably going faster than you really. You could spend half an hour on each of these possibly <clears throat> or more. Now then you say, what numbers, what ropes does the number need to go up? And what ropes are the ropes that the numbers need to go down? And what do I do about it? That's number three activity you're supposed to do with this chart. How should my numbers be different than they are? And then point number four, activity number four with this. Once you're all done, I know you're not done. Once you're all done, take it to your authority and say, what do you think? What ones would you add? What ones would you take away? What numbers do you think should go up? Maybe you should say even number one, first off, did I evaluate properly? What do you think? And if it is proper, what should go up? What should go down? Where should I be? Where am I? Where should I be? What's good? What's bad? Do you think I'm evaluating properly? What would you encourage me to strengthen and how? What would you encourage me to weaken and how? And here's the problem. Those of you who will actually do this probably don't need to as badly as those of you who won't do it. So if you really weren't planning on it or don't want to, probably you should. If you are planning on it and want to, go ahead. But praise God, you probably actually don't need it as badly as those who don't want to. I want to mention one more thing here in light of, and I haven't talked about us being an influence and how we be an influence. I haven't talked about that. I haven't talked about how to deal with, um, as I said, being an influence to the world and not letting the world influence us. I realize I've just honed in on one because the, the topic is staying faithful and influence. I want you to stay faithful. Your leaders want you to stay faithful. And it's a burden on their heart. And that's why they wanted me to share some of these things. Many, many young people don't stay faithful. And I told my parents on the way, I have a whole list of people that I thought I could tell a little story here and a little story there. People who didn't stay faithful. But it sounds almost morbid. But it's so true. A dear... Uh, brother, probably in his, I don't know, probably 50s, said, I remember in my youth, I went down through and thought of a list of 40 young people that were my peers, and I, could, I knew where five of them were that I was comfortable with. I don't know what percentage that is. But if you would take that percentage, and again, I don't mean to be morbid, but I'm trying to say, let's be serious about this. It's no small thing. That's a... Five out of 40, I didn't do the math real quick, but that's not a very high percentage. If we took that percentage here, that'd be hard. We all ought to cry over that one. It's no small thing. Okay, I said I wanted to talk about one more thing. That wasn't it. Um, Identity. Don't minimize the small, seemingly small choices 
that you make. It's related to this, but I stuck it on the end and thought, well, I'm going to stick just a couple of thoughts in here. It's another whole subject. But not just influence, but identity. And the small little choices that we make choose who we identify with. There has been an uprising of the question among even the people of God, why can't we do this? Isn't that just cultural? Why does that, that's just a a cultural thing that we do that really has no reason. If I would have walked up here in a bill cap, no writing on it, okay? Solid navy. Not wild, but in a bill cap. And I'd have walked up here with it on backwards. I stood up here and I would have started to say all the things I was going to say to you, you all. I don't know what you would have done. But you would have been very um, intrigued to say the least. Where? Give me a verse. What's wrong with a bill cap? It's a navy, solid navy one. And what's wrong with putting it on backwards when I'm coming up here to preach? Okay, maybe I should have used a different illustration because that has to do with covering my head. Oops, I didn't think of that. So maybe you can make that argument. But I think you get the point. What's wrong with a dark navy bill cap put on backwards? Find me a verse. It's an identity thing. I'm identifying with a people that you don't think I should. And you don't think fits with what you know of me. Whether you know me well or you don't hardly know me at all. And I'm just this new face standing up here. Either way, you don't think a backwards navy bill cap fits with my identity. You don't. Why not? Identity. When you see a policeman, he's dressed like a man playing ball in a baseball game, right? No. He chooses what he wears because of who and what he wants to identify with. He chooses how he drives. He chooses where he goes because he's identifying with a certain group of people. And I mentioned the clothes one because it's a huge one in identity. What did Brother Harold say? It's the billboard that we get to express. That's right. I thought he already said it, so maybe I didn't need to. Okay, but now I did. Don't minimize your choices. You're identifying with a type of people. And if you know there's this group of young men and you're, you're leaning towards wearing this kind of thing, you're beginning to identify with them and it's an influence in your life. Identity. You could put that as another one on here. Identity. Who and what and how do I identify? Okay. I'm going to uh, stop at that. Could you please take this earnestly? Staying faithful has a lot to do with influence. Has a tremendous amount to do with who and what and where you hand ropes. It's a way to disciple yourself. You take this chart and you work it out. Use others to help you work it out. And where do I grow? Where do I strengthen? What should be cut off? What should be added? Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, help us. We're little human beings living on this little planet of earth. And we want to be how you want us to be. And we want to be faithful to the end. Would you bring the reality to each of our lives that we're charting our course 
by the decisions, yes, small ones and relationships that we have. Bless these dear young people. Lord, is it possible that the standard percentages, the low percentages of people who are faithful could be greater in this room than what the standard is? Oh, would you do it, Lord, please? Help them be faithful. Help us, Lord, each one of us, to play our part in this aspect of influence. Help me, Lord. Guide me. Bless each of these young people and guide them. And oh, bless our influencers and our authorities. Give them wisdom, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we get to run this race, this obstacle course, this marathon with you. Help us be faithful, Lord, in Jesus' precious name, through Jesus, the only way.